97.3 ESPN. Now, live inside the Matt Black Kia Studios, here's Mike Gill. Josh Eddick filling in for Mike Gill here on a hump day Wednesday here on 97.3 ESPN. Hunter Brody picked this song. There you go. Now, Hunter Brody claims this is a song he listens to while he plays golf. Yeah, Jake Owen. It's another name. Come on now, Billy Currington. We, we need to get an expert to roll on this. What do you mean? What's wrong with this? I think this is phenomenal. The poll question is up. Are you playing music while you're playing golf with brews? Or no, you're not playing music while you're playing golf. Jason Fitz, ESPN radio host, first take, your take. Moving again to Spain and Fitz will be following me from 6 to 7 starting August 17th, right here on 97.3 ESPN. All right, Jason, we need your help with this music and golf discussion. Well, yes, number one, you listen to, I mean, of course you're listening. And, and if you're going to listen to something, country is an easy thing to listen to while you're playing golf because, I mean, who gets mad listening to country music? So, like, that's number one. You Also, you guys mentioned Jake Owen. Remember, he went to Florida State on a, a full ride to play golf. So, you know, Jake is a golfer. So, in and of itself – Tip of the hat there, a little inside joke. You're, you're listening to Jake Owen while you play golf. Although I will say, you know, Chesney not. I mean, Chesney doesn't do it for me personally. I wouldn't have gone that direction. But hey, to each their own. But yeah, you, you, when you're in the cart, I mean, as the official cart driver, my role is to make sure that I have drinks and I have music playing. That's that's about all I can offer to a golf foursome. Well, right now the poll is actually split 50-50, yes and no, on this discussion of music with golf. And I know that's the broad chagrin, but maybe your, maybe your convincing argument will sway the masses, the broads' side of the argument here, Jason. Well, I, I, can, only, I can only hope, you know. And why, why would you want silence? I mean, golf is already, I mean, it, it, look, let's be real here for a second. 90% of you that, that play golf are frustrated half the time you're on the course because the, the day is not going the way you want it to. So then you're frustrated and you're in this weird, awkward silence. The other 10% is out there just getting tanked. So the music is going to put everybody in a better mood. It's going to prevent the awkward silence. And if you're getting tanked, it gives you something to jam out to. So I, I, I still can't find the negative to it. That's what I'm saying. See, I do think that there is a time when you're on the course and it's strictly business. You're working on your game. You're working on your irons. You're trying to putt. But then there's the alternative where you're going into it with four of your boys. You got the case of Miller's. You got to finish a, a beer a hole. You got a shotgun if you lose that hole. And then you got to find an Uber the way, you know, on the ride back. And that's when music is in play. Look, I, you're only the latter of those two examples is the only time I ever belong near a golf course. Like, <laughs> if we're not having fun and having drinks, man, like I, I, I just I can only imagine the frustration of somebody like Trey Wingo looking over at me when he realizes I've swung like six times and missed the ball five of them. So, like, look, I, you know, that that's the only way to go. If I can't get my my group liquored up and have a good time with the music, they're never going to want to play golf with me again. Fair enough. I think that Jason has brought the best argument to this conversation of anybody because half of Twitter's given me nothing. Jason, you at least gave me a valid other side of the argument, so I thank you. That's all I can do. Is that, you know, it's all this time on first take, you know, listening to debates. All I can do is try and at least present the other side of the argument. <laughs> Speaking of the other side of the argument, one of the things that you guys are talking about today is this whole situation with the uh, the Astros and the Dodgers. I mean, it feels like you know, again, we're getting back to this 
unspoken rules of baseball, which on one hand is great because at least we're having a non-COVID-19 conversation. But on the other hand, it's like, man, we're, we're, we're back to this again about throwing at guys and not throwing at guys. Well, and it's so part of it maddening because I, I never want to support somebody throwing at somebody's head. And, you know, I, there's, there's a lot of harm that can be done. And we have these conversations in jest, but let's be real. I mean, there is you, you lose a little bit of control and that 96 mile an hour ball hit somebody in the head, we're having a much different conversation about all of this, right? So I, I think at some point Major League Baseball has a reason to be concerned. But we had to expect this. I think what a lot of us thought is coming out of COVID-19 that we'd be distracted against these sorts of things and, and we would forget about the Astros. And, and that's just not the way the baseball community feels about it. The baseball players on the field are going to take justice into their own hands because that's what they've done and that's how they do it. So the Astros are going to have to get used to it. And I don't think the Dodgers are going to stop doing it now. I don't think the Dodgers are going to stop doing it for quite a long time. I mean, they're angry about the way all of this went down and they're going to take it out on them. So Major League Baseball has got to figure out what to do and they've got to figure out if they end up, God, you know, suspending somebody for throwing at an Astro, they're going to handle it when that person that's suspended is suspended more than any of the players that actually cheated. So I don't know there's an easy answer for Major League Baseball. Yeah, that would definitely be a really bad look to get suspended for, you know, hitting somebody while these people are cheating and winning a championship. But here's a here's the other side of the argument. Maybe Joe Kelly just has some control issues. I think we all saw the video of him breaking windows in the offseason. Yeah, yeah, and that, you're not wrong. And I love that he came out and answered that way because either he's got the swagger to just come out and say, yeah, yeah, I knew exactly what I was doing, but he's hiding it under that, or his control really is that out of control, which in and of itself – gives everybody a reason to be a little bit leery when they're facing him in the batter's box. So he gets to get better veg either way. Well, this all an elaborate plan then. He made the video purposely. So when he did this yesterday, he had a fallback option to get away with it. Yeah, and that's uh, that that in and of itself. I mean, I love the conspiracy theories that we're digging this deep into, but you got to be real. I mean, the the brawl we saw last night was partially because of that partially because of the trash talking. I think what we're seeing is that you've got, you know, two different sides on this that are super elevated. The Dodgers as an organization are, they're, they're sensitive. They're heightened right now. They're angry. And the Astros, I think are, are already tired of people still talking about this. So I think you're only going to see tempers flare more as we get into the season. Jason Fitz joining us here on 97.3 ESPN. First take your take again, moving back to Spain and Fitz starting August 17th, right here on 97.3 ESPN and Jay, obviously, we're all looking forward to the return of the NBA tomorrow night. But one of the conversations we're having here, and I want to know your opinion on this. Joel Embiid, inconspicuously, now all of a sudden hasn't played the last two scrimmage games. Around here, we're starting to scratch our heads. Are you scratching your head? Yeah, I definitely am. And, you know, I think that it's it's interesting at the very least that, that we've got to remember that these guys are being worked back into some level of shape. So that's part of it. But I, I'm really nervous for all the NBA players about the possibility of soft tissue injuries. I'm nervous about any guy that, that may not have had the right same training regimen that they're used to coming in and injuring themselves. So when you start talking about missing any extended amount of this time to, to bridge back up and get ready, I think it is cause for concern. So I know that they're saying that he's expected to play in the opener, but uh, I, I think we should have all eyes on him, not just to how he plays, but how he looks. Because if it's an injury issue, that's a massive concern. If it's a fitness issue, they've got to be even more careful getting him sort of worked in for this run. Because the, the, if you're Philly, 
this isn't about just the beginning of the run. It's not even about playoff seeding. This is about the fact that if you can be healthy, can you shock the world? Because we all know that they have the talent to do it. So uh, they've got to really monitor it. Well, we were told that he was in the best shape of his life. So I really hope that there's no sort of conditioning issue right now. But the thing that bothers me is we're entering this bubble with a totally new starting five that has never played together. And I get it's exhibition. And I know that you have to somehow juggle health with getting these players in shape. But Joel Embiid played about 12 to 15 minutes in the first game, and that is all we've seen when we're coming into this bubble with an entirely new starting five. It just doesn't add up. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And when you take some sort of level for a roster to come together, I mean, I think we we have to remember that when you start mixing with lineups, it's not always seamless. I almost feel like the Lakers this year spoiled us on, you can just put a bunch of guys together in a new way and it's going to work right away. It's not oftentimes that that uh, that easy. So, you know, I, I, I'm curious what the logic would be other than injury or fitness. Why would they ever keep him out? But you're absolutely right. There's a, there's a growth period here for Philly, and that's where this is all going to come down to. Again, when you look at the talent on the 76ers, they should be able to beat or keep up with anybody. Uh, they're supposed to have the coaching to allow them to do the same. So I don't think it's wrong to keep heavy expectations on the Sixers coming into it. So they've, they've got to find a way to gel quickly. You mentioned the expectations, and that's really where my mind goes, and that is, you know, I've heard people say the Sixers are the most disappointing team in the NBA. I've heard Zach Lowe talk about, you know, Joel Embiid is the most frustrating player in the NBA. I mean, at some point, isn't Joel Embiid easy to to put up or shut up for this team to go anywhere because they're supposed to be going places, but as Zach Lowe has said on his own podcast, he's like, you know, Joel Embiid, you know, he's kind of you know, laissez-faired his way through the season. Yeah, I don't disagree with that at all, and I think there's a there's a real question here of which side is holding which side back. Is there something about the 76ers that are holding Embiid back, or is there something about Embiid that's holding the 76ers back? But there is definitely a missing factor. And, you know, it's funny, this year we, we forget that Kobe, uh, you know, died earlier this year, obviously, Kobe and Gigi. Uh, but when you start thinking about Mamba mentality that was such a conversation in January, there are certain guys that just the minute they walk on the court, you realize they have a different level of swagger, and that's just who they are, and they have, a, they have a different sort of passion that they bring to it. And Embiid has never been the person that sort of rubs people that, that way. So there is a question of how does he find whatever that next gear is? Because if you right now, if I asked you just to, to judge who you think is going to come with more fire, like just, oh, my God, I need this game, I need this moment, I've got that fire in my belly. If I ask you, you know, between the young talent and the NBA, if we say, hey, Giannis, or Embiid, who do you think has more fire? I think Giannis does, and we continue to see that, and that's why he continues to grow into the monster that he is. So, you know, I, we haven't seen that from Embiid, and it's fair to question whether or not I believe, you know, other teams will believe that they could fix him. So I think the league thinks that he's still a superstar, but we just haven't seen him take that next step. Let's flip to the other guy, Ben Simmons. Game one of the exhibition, he nails a three-pointer. He actually took, he took two three-point attempts, and we haven't seen it since. Are we going to go through the same scenario that we talked about the last couple times of seeing him hit it and then going through this time where he doesn't take another one? I mean, that's just gross, right? Like, I mean, there's a spot where it's not even just, and I realize that a lot of 76ers fans feel like we just pile onto that part of his game nationally because it's become a, a fun, cute story or whatever. But uh, we all understand how good his game will be if he can add that com- that uh, component. So, I don't understand why it isn't a bigger priority, not just to him, but also to Brett Brown. I mean, at some point, you've got to come into it and say, hey, coach, 
you have got to find a way to get this to be ingrained in his mind as part of the way he plays the game because it does make him more dangerous. We all know it. He knows it. Everybody covering it talks about it. There has to be some level of, hey, let's just get this off our backs, go out and do your thing, and let's prove to the world that you can do it. Also, it forces NBA teams to defend you differently. So let's let's show the world what we got. I mean, I, if, if I'm Brett Brown, that's an emphasis for me from day one coming into the bubble. Jason, one more before we let you go. I got to know from you, Kevin Harlow on the TNT broadcast asked that someone deliver him Magic City Wings. Does that make Kevin Car- Kevin Harlan the greatest of all time? Just the fact that he decides to drop that in the middle of Celtics Rockets on TNT? Uh, yes. I mean, A, that makes him the best of all team- time. B, why do I feel like he got it? And if there's anything I've learned in my career at ESPN, like there's haves and have-nots. Like I can openly shill on air for free stuff, and it rarely gets sent to me. But Michael Jr., I'll just wake up one day, and all of a sudden he's got you know a mountain of donuts that came from someplace. So I think certain guys just know the right approach. In my mind's eye, I want to believe that Kevin Harlan came back to his suite because, in my mind, he deserves a suite. And that suite is just piled on one like one wall is just floor-to-ceiling wings for him. I, 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 I believe he's got the power to do that. He is Jason Fitz. First take, your take, 1 o'clock here on 97.3 ESPN Radio. And, of course, starting August 17th, Spain and Fitz starting at 7 p.m. right here on 97.3 ESPN. Following yours truly, Josh Hennig on 97.3. Jason, appreciate the time, and we'll talk soon. Uh, absolutely, guys. Have a great week. Thank you. I mean, come on. Kevin Harlan asked for wings. He's got to get wings, right? Yeah, I thought that was great. I mean, that is just pure comedy. We I mean, all know he wasn't there for the wings. He should have asked for the other part of it, if he can get some of that. You know what I mean? I mean, Harlan just slipped that into the middle of the broadcast. So, I was like, so Whoa. So casually, too. Try to pull that audio up for the folks on the other side because, I mean, that's that's a story in and of itself. Kevin Harlan just drops a Wings reference in the middle of the broadcast. I love the Wings thing. As if people really are trying to sit here and say that was why he was there, the Wings. He wasn't there for the Wings. Even if he was, you couldn't have sent someone else to go pick him up. You're an NBA superstar. You're the sixth man of the year. You're telling me you don't have a buddy of yours to go pick up the wings for you? Well, that's why I'm saying it wasn't for the wings. He wanted to go there for another reason. He's on our birdie. I'm Josh Henning filling in for Mike Gill here on 97.3 ESPN Sports Bash being brought to you by Delaware Valley Accurate Dealers this month. Visit your local dealer for great deals on the award-winning Acura lineup. Headlines still to come plus Football forward Jeff Mosher inside the Birds podcast. We'll be asking him about Marquise Goodwin. He opts out for the Eagles. What's next for the wide receivers? And more NBA talk with Keith Smith coming up at 5.30. Yahoo Sports NBA contributor and your text messages. 609-403-0973. Sports Bash here on 97.3 ESPN. Well, with Hunter Brody, I'm Josh Hennick filling in for Mike Gill. Sports Bash being brought to you by PlaySugarHouse.com. Sign up now and they'll match your first deposit up to $250. Go to PlaySugarHouse.com and start betting on golf, UFC, boxing, Korean baseball, and also real money casino games. All from the comfort of your home. That's PlaySugarHouse.com. Dot com must be 21 or older to play gambling problem call 100 gambler 
I promised I'd play this Kevin Harlan. This Kevin Harlan thing is beautiful, okay? I mean, this is incredible. So, for the majority of us who are watching, like, you know, baseball or the Sixers last night, you know, you didn't see it in real time. Kevin Harlan, he just drops this nugget right in the middle of the TNT broadcast. Now, remember, preface, they're not in the bubble. They're broadcasting from the Atlanta TNT studio. So Harlan decides to drop this in the middle of the broadcast. I want to see how much pull we have in the city of Atlanta, see if we can get some of those chicken wings oh, sent down here to Orlando. Oh, no, because you I, didn't. We could celebrate, <laughs> we could celebrate the restart with those wings. <laughs> anyway, guys, that's our story. Here's, I want to see how- I, I love the reaction. Anyway, that's our story. Yeah, I love the reaction. No, you didn't. That's Reggie Miller. Yeah, right of too. course. I love that. I love that reaction. Play it one more time. You want to hear it again? Yeah. All right. I want to see how much pull we have in the city of Atlanta. See if we can get some of those chicken wings oh, sent down here to Orlando. Oh, no, because you I, didn't. We could celebrate, <laughs> we could celebrate the restart with those wings. <laughs> anyway, guys, that's our story here. That's our story here. I love the way he laughs, too. He's laughing at his own joke because he knows how damn funny it is. That's solid execution. I mean, that guy's the goat. Yeah, that is just solid execution out of a good joke. You know you got a good joke when you make yourself laugh at the end. Well, not just that, but the fact that he seamlessly worked it into the game. Oh, no doubt. You know, it was it was a, kind of almost like a dead ball timeout going on there. You know, there, you know, there's like a foul or something on the court, and you know, there's really nothing going on. And he's like, oh, by the way, is I'm it, in Atlanta. Is, <laughs> is it bad that I didn't even know that these exhibition games were on TNT? For some reason, I thought they were all on NBA TV. I didn't um, know they had national exhibition games. Yeah, I didn't know that either, honestly. Now, what ESPN, um, it was was a Monday or Tuesday. It was, I think it was Monday night. They had like a red zone on ESPN, two of going to different scrimmage games. Oh, okay. Because, you know, there's multiple courts down there. Right. And there were multiple scrimmages starting and stopping, and they were doing like an NBA preview with the scrimmages. And that was uh, George Sedano with Jalen Rose, and I think it was Paul Pierce. I think it was Jay Williams, too. Um, by the way, people are calling out Jay Williams right now because he's flip-flopping his pick to win the East. Every day he's picking somebody new? Almost, pretty much. Like, he goes on different shows and picks a different team. Well, how can he do that? He goes on Get Up and picks the Sixers. He goes on another show and picks the Bucks. How can you do that? He's doing it. Well, what do you mean he's doing it? He is. You're not allowed to do that. I know that, and you know that, but he don't know that. I think it's okay if you go, say you wake up on Monday, you go Sixers. Then Tuesday you wake up and you're like, hold on, I'm going Bucks. If you, from that point, consistently go Bucks and go, I just had a fluky Monday, I can support that if you're going to stick with the Bucks as your pick. But you can't be going all around town here. Yeah, he is. Is he now going to say when things are done, well, it looks like I was right because I picked that team when he picked all the other teams as well? Yep. That's crazy. Yep. That is crazy. Now, I'll tell you a crew that I really do love, though, when it comes to um, sports broadcasting and, and crews on TV. MLB Network, I think they do a phenomenal job. MLB Central, MLB Tonight. I think they do just a phenomenal, when it comes to the sport of baseball, just having the live look-ins throughout the days. I love MLB Network. I can't stop putting it on in the morning when I'm having my coffee. I love it. Now, you're talking about in the morning is either Quick Pitch or Central. Well, Quick Pitch is sort of like the recap of the night where they just throw the highlights on and right. it's consistent. That's Heidi Watney. Yes. I just like, in general, everything about 
MLB Central, MLB Tonight. I love everything about it. I just MLB think it's Central smooth. is like the uh, the morning show set up where it's Lauren Shahadi, Mark DeRosa, yep. and Robert Flores. Yep, love it. Absolutely love what it. What does it I, say about me that I literally can name all these hosts? No, I don't I don't I think that tells you how good of a show that is because they clearly caught your attention to the point where you know that that's MLB Central. Or does it say that I watch a lot of television? Well, sure, it says you watch a lot of television, but you watch good television because I'm agreeing with you. By the way, shout out to the Texers who came to my defense when I was trying to remember the the country singer with two names. Yeah. Uh, on the text board from Darren and Millville, big and rich. Yeah, I don't even know who that is. Another text chimed in, Brooks and Dunn. Also, don't know who that is. It's a great job by those texters coming to my defense. Sure, but we don't even know if they're right. If that's what you were thinking, because you don't even know what you were thinking. I was thinking Brooks and Dunn. Okay, but I forgot about big and rich. I even see. I even know who some of these people are. I just, it's not my personal music repertoire. Well, you asked me during the break, what should we put on? I said, Billy Currington. You said, who the hell is that? Yeah, I don't know who that is. Come on now. Do you know Jake Owen? When we had Jason Fitz on, we mentioned yeah. Jake Owen. You do know Jake Owen? Yes. Okay, Jake Owen's a, it's a big name. But part of the reason why I know him is not because of just country music, but because I know he's been doing other stuff. Like, you know, he, he had the golf scholarship. He does stuff with the ESPYs, you know. No, I'm with you. He does other things outside of country, no doubt. That's how big the country game is these days. I mean, country has grown. It's just not my personal music preference. That's all. What is your personal music preference? You get in the car. You're not listening to 97.3 ESPN, which I know is never because that's this is what you always listen to. So the scenario of you not listening to 97.3, I don't think that happens often. But say it does. What music are you going in the car? It depends on my mood. Depends on your mood. It always depends on my mood. Well, today, if you were to leave, what do you think you'd put on? What is your mood today? Well, my mood right now might not be my mood in four hours. Okay, well, let's say you leave the station right now. Right now is your mood. What is your mood telling you? Uh, I mean, my mood right now is pretty upbeat. So, you know, I might... Uh... Barry Manilow? What? Elton John? No. Josh Groban? I do like Josh Groban. I, mean, I do like Josh Groban, but I'm not in the mood for Groban right now. Uh, good pull by you, by the way. Not Barry Manilow. No, no. No, I, I I might listen to some Daddy Yankee right now. You're going Daddy Yankee? Yeah. Okay. You I even can, know what Daddy Yankee is? I can appreciate Daddy Yankee. Okay. A little Don Omar. <laughs> you know, a little, little reggaeton. I'm, I'm picturing Josh right now. Windows down. They hand out the window at a stoplight, right? You just got the music blaring. You look over. Maybe you got the sunglasses on. You give a nod. What's up? Yeah, give a nod. Hey. Yeah, we gotta switch your hands though. See, it's it's the right hand on the wheel, the left hand on the window. You gotta have the seat lean back like it's Fast and Furious. Now, this is where I think your mindset's flawed. In that scenario, you have to go aviator sunglasses. You're out on aviator sunglasses, are you not? Mostly. Come on, yeah. Eric Church bringing up another country star. You I've gotta you gotta go aviator sunglasses. It's a phenomenal look. It's the best look there is. I prefer the Matrix sunglasses. Over the aviators? Yes. See, I think that's horrible. The the ones that pull across the eyes? Yeah, I know which one you're talking yeah. about. Over the aviator? Yep. Oh, man. You hurt me sometimes, Josh. <laughs> so we got Daddy Yankee and Matrix sunglasses. Sure. <laughs> I mean, I, listen, I, you know, maybe, you know, I, you know, I also listen to DMX. Everybody knows I'm a DMX guy. 
I'm an old school hip hop guy, so you know, maybe some Tupac, maybe some Biggie. You know, if I really want to go, you know, if, if I'm if I'm in a real like old school state of mind, and I'm feeling real like real good, you know, I might throw in some Marvin Gaye, some James Brown, some Temptations, you know, maybe some Teddy Prendergast. I'm with you. Look, I like the variety. I'm all for it. Now here's the thing: if I'm working out, you know, then I'm going some Metallica. Some disturbed. Okay. Some God you're smack. Getting, you're getting going. Saliva. Ooh. Yeah. Okay. So no 97.3 ESPN when you work out. Well, I will listen to the Flyers game on 97.3. During, I, I do that as well. Absolutely. I will listen to you know, games. Sometimes if you're at the gym, with you know, the gym's on open right now, but you know, when you're at the gym and can't get the Flyers game on the daggone TV because it's on NBC Sports Philadelphia and the TV is not the Comcast, you know, you, know, you got to pull it up on the radio and then while you're trying to find the stream on your phone. Absolutely. I agree with you. Now, we got a text in from Dan from EHT. We were talking about MLB Network. He says he hears MLB Network is doing a close-up exclusive on Vince Velasquez. <laughs> Can you imagine that? Would you be in on an exclusive on Vinny V? Just to know what exactly an exclusive on Vinny V is. Well, it would be the last four seasons of the, hey, it's breakout Vinny V year, and then the expectations fail. I'd be more interested in putting Vinny Velo on the on the couch with a shrink. What they should do is they should do an exclusive on the Phillies fans that had to be put up with Vinny V over the last few years and see what the hell they've been going through. How about, how about a documentary of all the pitching coaches Vinny Velasquez has had over the years? And see what's happening here? Yeah. I mean, he throws the ball so hard. When I saw that change-up pitch, I know everyone's been talking about the cutter, but I saw a specific change-up against the New York Yankees, and I thought to myself, wow, if he can do this, now we're in business. Mm. And then that third inning, those three innings, not specifically the third. The third wasn't even that bad. It was the second. But, wow, was that typical Vince Velasquez. And you heard Joe Girardi say he's going to get his next start. And this was before all the postponements. Right. I don't think he's getting that next start. There's no way, right? You can't put Vince Velasquez back in the starting rotation now. I wouldn't. But no way. I'm not, I'm, not, uh, I'm not running the Phillies, obviously. So what that, do I know? That would be scary. Josh Hennig coming out there. Now, would you go Gabe Kapler aviators when you're managing the Phillies? No. You wouldn't. <laughs> See, here's the thing. It was a good look. I just didn't like Gabe Kapler. Good look. If Joe Girardi pulled that off, I'd be like, okay, now we're in business. <laughs> But I just didn't like the guy. But the aviator look with the Phillies manager uniform, I think we're in business with something. Sure. Something I would wear to the bars. Full Phillies uniform aviator. <laughs> He's Hunter Brody. I'm Josh Hedding. We got headlines coming up next. Sports Bash. Josh Hedding filling in for Mike Dale, 973 ESPN. And uh, shout out to Billy Schwein of the locker room. He tweeted at us saying, I'm sitting in the parking lot. Listening to you guys. Love Billy. By Billy Schwimer, Saturday and Sunday, 10 to noon on 97.3 ESPN. Schwimer. It's nothing finer. How do you, how do you feel about Billy Schwimer sitting in the parking lot listening? Oh, I feel great about it. I do that for him all the time on the weekends. I'm hanging out. I'm doing things around the house. I pop on the 97.3 ESPN mobile app, which is free. I connect it to my Bluetooth speaker, and then I get through my day. How can I start my weekend without a little Billy Schwan? You heard it there first. Billy, do you believe him? Let us know.
Speaking of the 97.3 ESPN mobile app, seize the deal this week. Make sure you check it out. Go to the 97.3 ESPN mobile app, tap out for more information about getting a $50 gift card to Ernest inside an old-fashioned butcher shop for half the price. It's a huge deal. $50 gift card for half the price. Ernest inside an old-fashioned butcher shop in Brigantine. They are your lunch and barbecue headquarters. That's this week's Seize the Deal offer. Make sure you get in on it this Friday morning. Tap on the 97.3 ESPN mobile app to learn more. Bro, you got headlines. Yes, we do. And I don't like this one at all. And I can't believe that this is real. It just came across your timeline. Yes, it is up in the air still, but it is a possibility. That the Phillies game versus the Blue Jays Friday, well, th this part's real. It has been moved to Saturday. We've discussed that. It's now a doubleheader. Right. It's possible that those two games may be seven innings long. And now I'm seeing a lot of people report this. I don't like this. I, I, I can't stand it. I totally, completely dislike this. This is awful. I mean, I honestly feel like this is awful. This is such a terrible idea. I don't get it. But we do have some good news. Brian Price is returning to the bench. Oh, that is good news. He had, didn't have COVID, didn't test positive, but he wasn't feeling well and stayed away from the team as a precaution. Oh, okay. Uh, well, we just, because they can't report on anything, we just assumed that it was, he was positive. But that's good news. He never we, tested positive. Well, we did have a feeling that he wasn't because remember the 29 other teams had no positive COVID tests in the, the batch of tests over the weekend. So we had an inkling that he was negative, but it's always nice to know the confirmation. Absolutely. Yeah, that's great news for Brian Price. But in terms of the Phillies and, and this whole scenario, why are we going to seven games? Is it an injury thing? Is that why they're going with this? You're seeing a lot of pitchers getting injured. Now you have a Phillies team that hasn't played in so many days. So now they're going to play a baseball game and force these pitchers to only go seven instead of nine? I don't care what the reason is. It's a dumb reason. It's so bad. Listen, the team hasn't played in several days. You're telling me that you're not going to be up and ready to go? I mean, come on. Now, it's possible that they play seven innings. It's not confirmed. It's not 100%. Right, it's being talked about. It is being discussed that they will play seven inning games on Saturday. And at this point, look, I understand it's going to be a wonky season. We all understand that there's going to be some flukiness involved in certain scenarios, kind of like you're seeing now, where you have the Orioles play the Yankees because the Marlins are postponed. But that's understandable. That's a logistical thing. Yes. Changing how long a game. That's like you're the changing NH the game of baseball. That's like saying, hey, the NHL is going to play two periods. Or the, the NFL, we're not going to do the fourth quarter today. We're only going to play three quarters. No, I, I'm not on board. I am truly devastated right now this if is, this goes down. This is the worst decision. This is worse than the guy on second base in the extra innings. That's pretty this bad. Is, this is the worst in the DH in the National League. This is the worst idea they've come up with. Now, it's interesting you brought up the guy on second base because I've seen it in play now, and it is just awful. I didn't think I would hate it to this degree. I wasn't a fan of it, don't get me wrong, but it was never to the point where I thought it would bother me to the level that it bothers me now. I can't stand it. Like, in what world would you just allow a single in extra innings to then allow you to score the run? And then the people who don't mind it will argue, well, the other team gets the same advantage, which is fair. You are right. Both teams get the opportunity with that man on second base, but 
I really just dislike it. I saw a pretty aggressive defensive play. This was earlier on once the season uh, started off. Started off, it was like the first or second game. You you had whoever was playing second base. I forget what team it was. They went right to third and got the guy out instantly. Pretty ballsy move. I mean, you think about it. You get the ball to second base. You think you can get that first out at right. first base. But threw across the diamond. Beautiful pick play. Got him caught in a rundown. You're going to see some ballsy defensive efforts, but it, it is just a, a terrible thing for the game of baseball. Yeah, I saw it in the, uh, the first time I saw it was the Angels-A's game over the weekend. They went to extra innings, and I was just like... Oh, there was a uh, walk-off grand salami yes, in that game. I watched the game as well. Yeah. I have MLB TV now, so I'm flipping around all these games that I would normally not catch because it's not on TV, and... I'm loving it. This was on TV. I don't remember what channel it was on, but... Yeah, know, that one was on TV. Well, here's the, it's, it's late at night. You know, you lose track of what channel it's on. I mean, it could be FS1, ESPN, ESPN2, Fox, MLB TV, MLB Network. I, I don't know half the time. I just see a game on. I hit click. I, I add it to the scroll of things I'm watching on my different devices, you know. Yeah, I'm getting really, really big into watching out-of-market baseball games, the 10 o'clock games. You know, you got the, the San Diego Padres playing the San Francisco Giants. I've just been getting really into, you know, just watching out-of-market baseball games. And, and not like the big ones, not the Dodgers-Astros. I'm so intrigued with watching these smaller market teams well, I play. love watching the eights. Oh, I, I do too. You know why? Why is that? They have one of my favorite players in baseball, Matt Chapman. He's your favorite. He's one of my favorite one players. Favorites. He's not a Phillies player. Okay. Yes. I The kid is an amazing fielder. He's probably the best fielding third baseman I've seen since Scott Rowland. High praise. I mean, he is literally just making plays almost every game I've ever seen. And he's a pretty good hitter, too. It helps. But Well, he's definitely not a bad hitter. But he's one of those guys that you're like, when he's in the field, you want to watch. Because you might see something special. You're not wrong about that. What else you got, Evan? All right, we're, we'll switch to football. Switch but it around. ties in with baseball as well. Okay. Because Nate Solder opts out. Nick Markakis opts back in. So you're seeing someone, Nate Solder, of the um, New York Giants, left tackle. He is opting out of the NFL season. But I'm tying that in with baseball because you have Nick Markakis of the Braves, who originally opted out opting back in. So how do we view this? How do we view some opting in? How do we view some opting out in football? Where are you at here? So I, I'm going to, my twist on this is I'm going to take Marquecas opting in as a good thing for sports. I think that this is a player who was not comfortable returning, but now he's comfortable playing. And I think that's totally fair because the way football and baseball have it set up, it's not a pure bubble environment. It's not insulated from the world. So you know what? If he passed all of his COVID tests and he's being responsible, you know what? Let him play. I'm not against it. I'm not against it either. I think you should have the option to opt back in. Maybe you thought it would be worse. I mean, although I can't imagine watching what's happened the last week and Nick Markakis goes, huh, I thought this was going to be worse than this because it's maybe been... Maybe he did think that. Well, maybe he realizes that this seems more like a Miami Marlins issue than an entire league issue because for the people who want to cancel the season because they claim obviously this won't work, I say, well, there's how many other teams in this league and nobody else is having this outbreak except for the Miami Marlins. And then you're hearing reports that they're going somewhere in Atlanta and they're leaving where they're supposed to be. So yeah, this Magic City. This does for seem the like the outlier. Yeah, right. It does seem like the outlier. So maybe he sees what's happening with the Braves. Maybe some of his teammates are hitting him up going, hey, it's not as bad as you think. We promise or you can come back in. Or is he hitting up his teammates and asking them 
Hey, how's it going? Give me some information. Sure, uh, absolutely. I mean, uh, I wonder what's in writing in terms of opting back in when it comes to football. Well, you can, so you can opt in as part of the agreement between baseball for them to opt back in. Now, as long as you don't have a health reason why you're opting out. If it's a personal reason or something that's not specifically your health, you can opt back in. So I'm assuming maybe there's a similar clause. So if you are high risk, you can't opt back in. Right, like for example, if you're opting out because you have a specific medical condition is why you're opting out. Because maybe why you're opting out was baseball suggesting you opt out too. That's interesting though, because maybe someone who is high risk opts out because they're uncomfortable and then they realize, hey, you know, maybe I, I like the way the protocols are going. I feel comfortable more I than I did now. I would it would be a case-by-case basis. Though. I, I don't think it would be a blanket ruling. I, I don't think that anybody's going to pull a WNBA with a Lynn of Deladon kind of situation. That is absolutely bonkers to think that the WNBA tried to pull a move like that on one of their biggest players. No? Yeah. Absolutely well, they, bonkers. And they, they corrected course. They did, um, they did, you know, fix it. Well, her team did, the Mystics. Right. They fixed it. They promised to pay her uh, full salary, but, uh, you know, the league is still a bad look for the league. And we'll, we'll stay here with the whole COVID thing because the Marlins now have another player who tested positive. So add that to the list of a bunch of Marlins players and... It just raises so many question marks. You know, you you see some of these teams that have one or two positive tests and nobody else gets infected. And then you see something like this where it is nonstop in that clubhouse. It won't stop. It seems like every day there's somebody new that gets positive. And then, like I said, you see plenty of other clubhouses where one guy gets it, he quarantines, and then the rest is history. And then, he, you know, it, it's over from there. Yeah, it, the whole situation is just... Because think about it, the Phillies. The Phillies are a perfect example of that. Scott Kingery, Hector mm-hmm. Neris, Tommy Hunter. These guys had it, but it didn't go to 20 people. Right. The Marlins, it's every day. It's another guy. It's another coach. It, it's wild how it's so inconsistent. It gets back to the report we talked about earlier that apparently a group of them, not just one guy, a group of them went out in Atlanta and... I, I hope, as the report says from USA Today, that they do get lose their paychecks and they do get some sort of punishment because they're literally putting everybody else in jeopardy because they can't resist going out and having a good time, bro. Well, is it possible? We, we will never know that they, I mean, let's be real. Miami is a place that you don't want to be right now when it comes to COVID-19. It's, it's a mess in Florida. Is it possible they actually got it in Miami? They went to Atlanta and it's they possible. yeah, they went out and that had no correlation to them still having COVID? Well, how about this? What if somebody got it in Miami who was in that group? And then they all went out together in Atlanta and that's how he spread it to everybody else. That could also be in play. Yeah, you know, we don't know all the details of exactly how this COVID thing is spread, but what we do know is that hey, one person is uh, one person's dumb. And everybody suffers for it. I got a headline for you. Okay. All right. I've been saving this for a while. We just haven't gotten around to it because it's you know hockey season coming up, and I watch more NHL Network than the average you know person does. All right. So the NHL Network is doing their top twenty whatever position is. Yep. Right? Well, Ivan Provorov today was asked about being snubbed as not one of the top twenty. NHL defenseman on this list. And he came out and said, I saw it. I don't play on the game on some list. 
but it reminded me of the picture I took because I had to screenshot this because I couldn't believe this. So as you know, Sean Couturier is a nominee for the Selkie Award. He's a finalist. That means him and two other people are the people who are going to win no matter what. All right? But on the NHL top centers in the league right now, he was 18th. Not top three, not top five, not top 10, 18th. So my first question, bros, is does the NHL just disrespect the Flyers? No, because the difference between being a top 20 center and being a two-way forward are two different conversations, right? So the, the Selkie's all about that two-way center can play both sides of the game, and they're very solid on both sides. That doesn't always relate to a top 20 list when it comes. It's like the fascination with points, scoring goals, and scoring points in the NBA that we like to have. You know, people are so obsessed with point scoring and make that seem like that's all that matters. You can be James Harden and drop 50 points, or you can be someone like Ben Simmons who scores 20 points but holds his opponent to 10. But that won't get as much respect as dropping 50 while your opponent drops 35. You know what I mean? So when it comes to this list, it, it doesn't really value the 200-foot game, and it, and it looks more at, like, the overall scoring production and, and that as well. Can I see the list, though? I, I see the picture in front of you. I, I want to see who else is on here that would, I would say he's better than. That's the list. Take it as you will. Yeah, I, I mean, I can see him being more like 10 than 18. More like 10. I mean, he's got they, they got essentially a, a rookie player on the list over him. So, well, who's the rookie you're looking at? Specifically? Uh, Pedersen from okay. Vancouver. Yeah, I don't think Pedersen should be that high. No, I don't. I don't think Braden thought, Point is better than Sean Couturier. Uh, yes, yes, uh, Aho. Aho. Yes, whatever. Yes. Plays for the Panthers, right? Uh, Carolina. Why if I play the Panthers? Either way, he, he's a short guy, right? He's better. He should be 10. I think he should be 10. I think it's fair to have someone like Bergeron. I mean, you could argue he's better than Jack Eichel. I can make that argument, sure. Absolutely. He's definitely a better two-way guy. Oh, yeah, no doubt. Barkov, I mean, probably better now, than... here's the thing. Tavares is low on that list, too. 14. Right, I think that's too low. I agree. He's way better than some of these so guys. It's, it's not just Couturier. I feel right. like there's other guys on this list that are just too low. And I'm taking like, John Tavares over Jack Eichel every single day. I Eichel, with that. Eichel is sixth on the list.